0: Did you know that an estimated 124,000 tons of food scraps are thrown away each year in Montgomery County? Reducing food waste begins with you. Plan meals in advance. Make a shopping list and check expiration dates. Cook the food you buy and cook smaller portions. Save extra food in reusable containers. Let's keep food out of the trash and aim for zero waste. Visit montgomerycountymd.gov slash reduce food waste or call 311 to learn more. Hello Cleveland and welcome back once again to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host Jackson McCurry and joining me as he has the last several episodes is other than Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you doing buddy?
1: I'm good. This is it. This is the final week of the offense. Uh, we're wrapping it up. Um, it's, it's come around already. It feels crazy. I know. It seems like just the other day we
0: started with the quarterback position but we have zipped through all the offense. Um, this is the wrap-up of the offense Um, for the offseason roster deep dive series that Jack is doing over at thedogland.com. Be sure to go back and look at everything quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. But today we are talking about offensive tackles, and on Wednesday we will be discussing the interior of the offensive line. Now, Jack, when you're looking at it on the surface, the last couple of years, this has definitely been one of the strengths of the Browns team when you look at the roster, the offensive line has been stout both years. Although 2022 did have some hiccups and some bumps along the way. But honestly, when we're looking at the tackle group, we have, I think, two solid starters, but both have question marks going into year three for both of them when it comes to the Cleveland Browns.
1: Yeah. So it was a it was a position room that was really struggling when Barry took over and it it was his number one focus in that first season. It's like, hey, we're going to sort out the outline. Um and they went out and did it. They went and got the biggest free agent. They went and got the second, it was the second picker tackle. It was, mm, i yeah. think, Andrew Thomas was gone. Yeah, Andrew Thomas was gone and Jones. I believe Jed was the next one at yeah. pick 10. Um, so it was one where they went out and they went out and spent big. Um, they already had an interior they were pretty happy with. And to be fair, at that point, we were going in and it was Teller versus Forbes. Um, in that camp, and that that is just crazy to think that there was not anyone who genuinely would commit and say, "Hey, a Teller is the guy," or "B that Teller is someone I feel confident going forward with." It was like, "Yeah, let's let's have a camp battle, We're right?" guard. and that's why we we entered um, post draft. Um, it, it, it seems just crazy to say, but it has been the strongest unit for the Browns consistently the last couple of years. Yes, there was definitely some problems last year, but we're in a nice position.
0: We definitely are. So, I mean, you know, let's start with the left tackle when we talk about this. Dedrick Wills, all all accounts, will be the starting left tackle going into twenty twenty two. He did not get off to a great start this year, sprained ankle in the very first game, I think it was really early in the game too, against Kansas city. And then he just, he couldn't stay consistent. I, I just wonder if he played through that ankle injury. I have a feeling he did just because it he didn't take a leap like we thought he would. And, you know, at times I was down on him just because he wasn't showing any signs of making strides as an offensive tackle. But I also think jack and even though this guy was a right tackle i know the first couple years mitchell schwartz was here with the browns when the browns drafted him in the second round back in 2012 people were down on him thinking this guy's never going to be anything uh we're why we need to go out and find another right tackle but it was like year three and year four it started to click and then he became a, a pro bowl caliber tackle to an all pro and unfortunately he left for kansas city but schwartz got better and better and when you, i think You know, the front office and the organization is still high on Wills. But I know fans are frustrated, but I'm not willing to give up on hope for him just yet. I feel like there's still room for him to grow. And I feel like if he could stay healthy, and I think that's the biggest mark right now on him, I think there's no doubt that he has the potential to be a top tackle. Maybe not one of the best tackles in the league, but if he can be solid, that would be good for the Browns going forward.
1: Yeah, so next season is a really big decision year for Wills. Um, And what the Browns do with him, because after year three, they have there's two decisions they can make. One is, do we give him his fifth year option? And we've just seen good out of Jedrick Wills. It's not been great. It's not been bad. And to be fair, if you have five offensive linemen that are good, you're fine. Um, That's all you need. You just need slightly above average. Um, And he he's basically been just above average. And when you've got such a loaded group along the rest of the line, that's that's perfectly fine. But they'll need to decide whether they want to activate the fifth-year option. And the other option they can make is, do we want to pay him a load of money? And the reason they might not pay him that money at that point, but they need to decide that. Because if you aren't going to activate the fifth-year option, well, you need to start preparing for his replacement. Because you'll only have his fourth-year left, and then he'll be gone if you are going to activate the fifth year option, but you're not committing yet to re-signing, then you can probably take like a a flyer in a year's time in sort of the middle rounds and try and develop some guys to make an easier transition. Um, But that's third year is a massive year for young players um, where they decide their course in the league. Um, So, no, it's one that I want to see more. The data, unfortunately, and that's why I was banging the table from his worths, um, is that just everything out there? Whether you look at PFF or other data, he he was the favoured one. But hey, it was the can this do go and play left tackle? Um, and he's he's been okay. Um, I'm not enamoured. Am I ready to commit to him long term? No. If if he has another season like one of the last two, then quite happy to not activate that fifth year option. Um, we'll let him play year four and then we'll we can still extend because just because you don't activate the fifth year option doesn't mean you can't pay a guy um but no it's been underwhelming but fine
0: yeah i mean you look at pff his efficiency rating 96.9 through two seasons i don't know where that ranks up against other guys uh he did a lot more hurries a lot more pressures one more sack he made strides as a run blocker but digressed as a pass blocker so yeah, I don't. Th- I think the jury's still out on him. Obviously, if you compare him to Tristan Worths, Worth looks like the better pick right now. He's an All Pro. I mean, obviously he won a Super Bowl his rookie year. Of course, it happens when you have the goat. Uh, but I think the jury's still out. The health is the biggest question marks. But not willing to
1: throw uh, Wills out just yet, like some other people have wanted to. So, um... so just on the PFF numbers, um, we're looking at a composite of their. Run and pass blocking grade Mm -hmm. because they are just going to put them together to get the offensive grade. Use a fifty percent snap minimum of the regular season, so you've got fifty-seven dudes in here. Jedrick Walls comes in at thirty-nine, so he's he's pretty much as we said that middle of the pack guy. Um, If we then look at where is Mr. Conklin, or will Conklin not hit the threshold? Conklin doesn't hit the threshold. Let's move it to twenty percent. See if we can find him. Um, because I think he did have a good season. So if we move it to that, we've got 88 dudes uh, then on the list, um, and Conklin comes in at 19. And where did – and Wills was on that Uh, one? On this one, uh, Wills is 55th tied. So he's about middle of the
0: pack when it comes to offensive tackles right now. So, okay. I mean, yeah, he's only 23. I mean, still room to grow. We'll see how he – another full offseason, hopefully under the guidance of Bill Callahan and the offensive line coaching staff, you know, hopefully he makes strides. Maybe hopefully year three is the breakout year for Wills and the Browns don't have to worry about left tackle uh, because that gap between
1: Joe Thomas and Jedrick Wills was a nightmare to say the least. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm, not, worrying. I'm yeah. not worried about Jedrick Wills. Am I ready to commit to him? No. Am I worried? No. And that that is the sensible position. Some people... Want to be? Oh, we've got a problem here. We don't have a problem. Have we got a long term solution? No, (laughs) not at the current point. It's there of let's see year three and um, we can come back here and we will have this conversation, no doubt, in a year's time. And it will be a lot more robust and sort of definitive of yes, he is the guy. No, no, we don't want to give him a fifth year option.
0: Right. So it's moving on to the right tackle spot, Jack Conklin the presumptive starter except there's a question mark with him you know he was the big uh free agent signing a couple of years back brown signed into a big contract coming from tennessee great in his first year i think it was an all pro or he was pretty close to being an all pro um and then year two much like wills the injuries except for conklin they were significant injuries i think the first one was a sprained elbow then he came back from that, and then it was the Sunday night game against Baltimore where he suffered the torn patella tendon, which back in the day was a big injury. I don't know how much moder- how quickly modern science has uh, fixed this problem. I know the Browns suffered some bad luck during the mid-2000s with this injury. Gary Baxter tore both patella tendons in his knee, was never the same player. And then Charles Bentley, who was a prize-free agent signing for the Browns, tore it on the first play of training camp back in, I think it was 05 or 06, never saw the field again. So, you know, for me, when I think about Jack Conklin, obviously he's a great tackle when he's healthy, but coming off this injury, we don't know what he's going to be like. We don't even know technically if he'll be available coming up in 2022, the Browns technically could Jack move on from him. And I'll let you explain that.
1: Yeah. And let's just look at some of the numbers in snaps for his, uh his career so far. So um, this is regular and post-season. Um, first two years over a thousand second year 500 um next two years so last year in tennessee first year in cleveland basic 1100 and then 361 so hey who knows it might just be every um two years good and one year injured and that might be the magic source for him um but it, it is a big concern because if he doesn't come back um, say he's going to miss the first five, six games of the season. Well, you need someone really confident that you feel stepping in. Um, or if not, it's moving on and how you would move on. It's a weird one. So I, I've gone in and sort of looked, read the CBA and it's, it's not the most user-friendly document in the world. Thank you, NFL. Um, but effectively they can walk away and, um, Because there is no definitive injury guarantees in this season, Um, it's just base salary, they could cut him, and it doesn't matter that he can't pass a medical. I think it's somewhere in the region of 1.5 or 2 million. If he doesn't sign for another team for the entire season, we would have to allocate to him. Tiny amount of money, not really a concern. Um, I think if it is a case that he's going to come back in the second half of the season, then... That's fine. Someone else will pick him up um, and we don't need to worry. But it's very similar, his deal to Austin Hooper, who we've spoke about before. And the reason is both of those deals were signed in the same offseason because the Browns were looking to backload as much salary cap and everything as possible. So there's nine million left in um, signing bonus money on his deal. Um, which is whether you keep him or he goes, that's all there. And that's fine. If we look at the way his deal was structured, there was 30 million for the first two years. And then this year, three, was all about an option of 12 million. Do you want to keep him or do you not? Um, Designed that way so the Browns could have an out for the exact reason if injuries and things occurred. So they're going to have to decide, do they want to keep him? And there's the, is he going to miss the first part of the season? If he is, then... Why not move on? There's no point paying him for that. Is it they have lost confidence and scared that it's going to be a recurring injury and even though he might be ready for week one, will he be gone by week four? And that is a genuine concern where they might go, actually, we need to look at other options because we don't want to commit there. Um, And then suddenly Hudson or another tackle is having to start really early. Or could it be the point where they're like, We're going to move on from this dude in a year's time anyway, Um, because legitimately most teams, if they're going to have an expensive quarterback, it can be different with a rookie quarterback, but an expensive quarterback, then you're going to have two expensive vets on the line. So you can have multiple vets if you're talking about the three, four, five million range, but we're not, We've, we've got big money invested in two guards. So they're not going to be, It's highly unlikely Conklin's going to be here long-term. So we're talking about what what do we do with this final year? And I wouldn't rule it out that they just go, hey, we're just going to go a different way. You are amazing when you play, but we just don't have confidence. Let's turn this over. Um, It can be a little bit of a transition year. If they feel like, hey, this is a year where we're going to compete to make the playoffs, and competing to make the playoffs and competing to win the Super Bowl are two different things. um, Because it's not we're all in, this is the year, the last year of Drew Brees, for instance, where the Saints threw everything at it, um, they could legitimately look and go, "Actually, we're going to use that twelve million for a better, better something else."
0: Right, right. It's, a, it's it's an interesting scenario. I, you know, I'm sure it's something that we'll know by like I'd say May, April or May, because he it is easier to get out of its contract post June first. It's only a three million dollar dead cap hit, um, but. I mean, if he's showing strides in his rehab and that he's going to be ready to go, I think they bring him back. It's his last year in Cleveland regardless because the final two years are void years. So, I mean, it's a wait-and-see approach with Conklin. If he, obviously, if he's back and is at full strength, I think the Browns keep him because he's one of the best right tackles in the league when he's healthy. But it's just something to watch because that patella tendon injury historically has not been a good one for uh, NFL players. So
1: oh, if he comes back and smashes it, we would let him hit free agency and we'll probably get a say a fourth round comp pick off him. So that is something they're certainly going to be aware of. And it all just comes back to that health report. And that's something we're not really going to get told. Um, and who knows if, if the two camps have spoken and they're like, look, you ain't going to be healthy until like September, October, then we're not going to June first cut you because we might do that with Hooper. What we're going to do is we're just going to cut you nearer the time, um, we'll let you know and you can go chat to teams, but no team's going to spend any money on you because you're injured. Um, and you have to pass a medical before signing for a new team. So it's one where it could easily be the case where he just hangs around and does some stuff. And then, yeah, he can then sign some incentive laden deal that won't then hit that team's cap and they can deal with the consequences next year. So Jack, back in
0: towards the end of the season, I threw out an interesting theory on Twitter as it pertained to the offensive line. And this wasn't including Conklin, obviously in the future plans because, you know, because of the injury that he suffered my theory. And this goes back to when Joel Batonio started at at left tackle in the Raiders game was that the Browns could theoretically, now I don't know the likelihood of it, but it's an option and we're going to discuss it here. Is that what if they moved and this is if Batonio doesn't or not Batonio. if Conklin doesn't come back, they slide Wills back to right tackle, which he played at Alabama, and they slide Joel Batonio out to left tackle. Now, they just re-upped his contract. They're paying him like he's a all-pro caliber guard, which he is, but they slide him out to left tackle, and then you worry about the left guard position, perhaps, which we could talk about in the next episode, obviously, when we talk about the interior, but this could be an option where they slide Batonio at the left tackle, slide Wills back over to right tackle. And the Browns offensive line is still hopefully smooth. We don't know if Wills would have a hard time readjusting back to right tackle. I doubt it just because it would probably be all muscle memory to him. But this could be an intriguing option that the Browns might explore during the offseason.
1: Yeah, and lots of people are like, oh, well, how good was he? So... If we look to the two weeks, so weeks 15, 16, when he played there, he averaged a PFF grade of 91.9. So let's pull up this NFL season um, and just see how, how where that would stack. If we just look at all the tackles, that would be second. Tyrone Smith finished with 91.4. Trent Williams, it was insane. One of the best PFF grades I've ever seen, 97.8. Great
0: fullback so, too in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're talking about amazing stuff, and I, I'm going to go one further here. I'm I'm going to pull up a chat. Some of you guys might have heard of. So he's a good dude, analytics darling, and that is Mr. Joe Thomas. Let's just have a look at Joe Thomas's crew. And I'm not going to say, hey, Betonio is going to play that good as a two-game sample across an entire season, but let's just benchmark it and see what Joe Thomas is crazy over his career. So we go all the way back to 2007, 84.9, 88.1, 92.9, 82.2, 77.3, 80.1, 90.2, 90.9, 91.5, 87.0, 84.7. Which is just insane to have that many high numbers one one year in the 70s. It is insane. But how many years were over 91.9? one that is mad when lots of people oh we don't want to play out there it's like oh he wants to be an all pro guard not a above average left tackle it's like if that was the case and he was grading out a sort of 70s low 70s at left tackle then i'm like hey fair enough i get it but the sample size was insane Um, in terms of like it's two full games it's not like a couple of snaps so it's an okay sample size and the results it it was better than I could have ever imagined Um, and I I think you've got to have that conversation because if you can agree for him to move out to left tackle I think you sit down and you you work some incentive deal um, I I think three two three million a year um, extra so based on him playing say it's Um, say say 2 million a year, just to make the numbers easier. If you play 25% of your snaps at left tackle, we'll give you 500,000. If you play 50%, we'll give you a million. If you play um, 75%, we'll give you 1.5, we'll give you two. Because that way, if they move him out there for a year and then they decide actually want to move you back inside, he's not still claiming the big money. Um, And that's just the bridge between what he'd earn at guard, what he'd earn at tackle. I just think it's well worth doing because if I if I said, go replace um, Conklin, that is not an easy task. If I say, go replace a guard, well, that is pretty easy. You just slide Petonio out, Wills jumps to right tackle, and we've got guards that are okay on our roster. Um, service one, Michael Dunn, obviously example I had a, had a good season we'll, we'll chat back uh, in the next show but it's so much easier to do and I, I if I'm Berry, I sit down with the agent and Batonio, and I just have the conversation have that conversation now I'm not we're not saying we're 100% doing it would you be open to it um because three million it's a decent 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 amount of money um and then, yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting proposition. My only thing is, Batonio's entering his ninth season. He's going to be thirty one this October. He's, I mean, does he, I think this is a conversation like you said? They would have to have it: Stefanski, Callahan, Barry, and Batonio. Maybe they've had this conversation already. Maybe in his exit meeting, you know, Barry and Stefanski said, "Hey." we we might consider this would you be interested in it i think i think this would be batonio's decision at the end of the day i don't think they're going to force him to play left tackle he's earned that right at this point to do what he wants to do if he wants to stick at guard i've got no problem with it but it is such an intriguing proposition for a guy that played tackle in college transitioned to guard and became one of the greatest ever if he makes the transition back out to left tackle and still performs at an elite level whoo you could mark him down as one of the greatest offensive linemen in history if if this were all come to fruition.
1: Yeah, no, and it's, it's a fair question. It's like, hey, you've got to compensate the guy for doing it. You can't just abuse the fact that you signed a guard deal and then be like, hey, you're going to go play out there. I, I, I want to make the size of an investment, and I think two or $3 million a year does that. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, I think you put the offer out there and you're then not committed to it long-term because you haven't given him 3 million a year. And then you're like, actually it didn't really work as well. Once we put it to a larger sample size um, and do that now, because if you have the conversation now and he turns around and says, no, fine, it's done. It's not one. We're going to pest you and fight over it. I'm sure if we desperately needed it for a game, he's happy to step, step out there and do it um, as he did. And then the other one is, well, you give him all off season and he will do a lot of the prep and mental work. He, 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 he would be out with Joe Thomas. We know that um, Joe would step up. Patonio would uh, reach out and then they can have that conversation and work on it. So no, uh, I think they would be silly not to think that way. Um, even if it's, we would never hear about it. If they have the conversation, I would not expect to read about that in anywhere Browns related, um, I don't think the media would get a hold of it. I think it would just be, yeah, he doesn't fancy it because lots of people want to tell me, "Oh, he said he would never do it because he's going to play at a bad level." It's like, well, show me where all these quotes are, um, and have they come since he proved he could do it?
0: Absolutely. Um, as we look at the rest of the tackles, James Hudson, who was Brown's fourth round pick this year out of Cincinnati. Uh, none of us expected him to play and watching him in the preseason, it looked like he had a ways to go. Then of course, by week four, he's out there playing left tackle because of injuries. Um, And then towards the end of the season, he was playing right tackle starting and, you know, you look at his PFF grades. They weren't that great, except in week 18 against Cincinnati. Granted it was against the Cincinnati backups for the majority of the game, but It seemed like towards the end of the year, Hudson was starting to get it to a degree. Of course, the Pittsburgh game, he got absolutely exposed, um, you know, allowing three sacks to Baker uh, Baker Mayfield, but, you know, obviously they look at him as a developmental project. He'll be 23 in May. Um, He could be the starting right tackle. Uh, Right now you're looking at him essentially as OT three, but I don't think the full jury should be out on James Hudson. I know a lot of people are going to say he's awful. He's terrible. Get him out of the league. But this was a guy that nobody expected to play at the beginning of the season and then started seeing meaningful snaps towards the end. So uh, I'm anxious to see Hudson's development, but yeah,
1: it's at best right now. He's a backup. Yeah. So they were really, really interesting. One of, what do they do with the first two? Because if Conklin isn't fully fit and you decide Hudson's OT three, when you've got to be, prepared for him to play week one and potentially play the whole season. Um, they could be. Who knows? They might have seen a lot and they're they're happy coming together. Um, because hey, he's really good as a development. If we sat there with Wills and Betonio, who barely missed time, we sat there going, hey, I, I I feel a different way towards what my OT3 has to be in that scenario to Conklin is one of your starting two. And it's just going to be fascinating because they either can draft another person in there to be your ot4 or hudson has to go into next season as ot4 again purely because you need someone with more experience to step in and play so that is going to be a really interesting his good last game was massive for him and his sort of he can use that as sort of fighting for, I want to be OT three, but they're going to have to make that decision because Chris Hubbard's a guy I'll throw out there. Um, I, 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 I like Chris Hubbard. I think, yes, he, is he going to revolutionize the position no. Um Was he a year ago, guard number 11 for the NF uh, PFF? Yes, he was. Can he play everywhere? Yeah. It's, a, it's another benefit. So, I, I don't mind that because he's then your sixth um, person. And if he is fit, um, and, that, and that's a, a medical question that the team will know more about than anyone on the outside. I, I think you've got a potential offer him because if I say two and a half mil, I'm paying that all day long. Um, it just gives me peace of mind. And then I go, hey, let's get through this year. We'll know if Hudson's stepping up. Or we can go out and spend a little bit of money on a sort of five, six, seven million dude and draft someone next year and then you work your way forward from that. But it's yeah, it's Conklin is a big question mark and Hudson's standing within the room is a big question mark. Um it's not saying Hudson's gonna be cut, Hudson will make the roster, but does he uh what's his position on that roster?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's I think if they sign a veteran tackle, like if they bring Chris Hubbard back on a cheap one-year deal, that probably means Hudson, we like you, but you're not ready yet. I mean, you showed some flashes, but we want to give you another year of uh, development. But if they don't sign one or they don't draft one in the middle rounds, it's probably like, we like you enough. You're going to be our backup tackle. And if Conklin can't go, you could be the starting right tackle. If Wills gets hurt, we, expect you to play some left tackle i'm sure though they have a plan and i'm anxious to see what that plan is for hudson going forward because you can see it somewhat i mean this is a guy that's still fairly new to the position was a d tackle at michigan transferred to cincinnati and transformed into an offensive lineman so he's still fairly raw at the position it's a good thing though that we have bill callahan to uh work his magic on him
1: yeah because if they sat there going in 12 months time, this, this is going to be the guy, um, then perfect way to do it. Keep Conklin, get Hubbard back, bury him down there and just work with him. Don't throw him out to the wolves. just work with him. And who knows, it could be the case that you lose one of your interior three and Hubbard stepping up. And then actually number seven, you actually then move him in as, um, to replace Conklin if Conklin goes down as well, because that's an easy route where Hubbard's solid. um, And then Hudson's your next guy. And you go into next season and Hudson's actually the starter, um, a right tackle, because that gives you that nice bridge. Um, You then draft another guy and you bring in a free agent, potentially even keep Hubbard another year. Um, it, it, It sets it up really nicely for a transition, but you've either got to have high hopes on um, Hudson or you've got Wilson Batonio and you go, sod it. Why not? Well, let's bring someone in.
0: And if they do bring someone in, Jack, do you think like, is there any free agent names you have out there as potential like veteran options outside of a Chris Hubbard? Or do you think if they add another tackle to this room outside of, you know, Alex Taylor's still there. We don't know what the, we don't know if Blake Hans they see him as a tackle or as more of a guard, or do you think they go and draft someone in the middle of the late rounds?
1: Yeah, I I I question whether Blake Hans is going to be on the roster next year, and I know that won't make people happy, but I just I, I haven't seen it. Um, I I think it it all it all depends on Conklin's health and then the knock on impact of that. But I, I certainly think they would look in the draft this year, um, because that they just they know it's a position they just need to keep adding players, and to be fair, they've carried ten O linemen, um. A few times. Uh, so that could be something where they look and go, Hey, we'll, we'll just carry a 10th. Um, it doesn't matter that there's two projects there. Let, let's have as many projects and see what works out.
0: Yeah. And Alex Taylor's the one I think to watch because they've kept him around the last couple of years, brought him back, let him go, brought him back. They obviously like something about him. I mean, granted he will be 25 in April. Uh, so Anxious to see what they think of him. I mean, like I said, they let him go. He went to the Bears and they plucked him back off the practice squad. It was, it was a back and forth thing, but they must like something about him. Callahan must see something in this kid to where he's got some potential to be at best a backup tackle, maybe a spot starter. I mean, he's 6'8", 301. So he's a mammoth man at the left tackle position or right tackle. But uh, that could be a guy that could be a, a a camp battle for not saying Hudson, but if they draft somebody else. Or they bring in a vet like that could be the spot a battle for OT four, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and Hudson's trajectory as well could just to be swing tackle. Yes. Um. If if he is there, um. OT three for the next three seasons. Yeah, he might play, but that that is a great pick, um, and that might seem weird to say that every pick isn't going to be the dude, um, and it's not about every pick being someone that develops and you go, Hey, let's boom bust on every pick. If you take a dude in the fourth round and he does three of those four years as your OT um, three, what will happen when you're a really good team is what we did for Chris Hubbard. We went, actually let's go and pay that guy because Chris Hubbard hadn't done anything special um, in Pittsburgh, but he'd, he'd just been solid, done his job when he was called up on and you net yourself a, fifth sixth comp pick and then you use it again and you draft another guy so that could just be the plan for um hudson it might not be that they think oh he might work out but we're happy with that because suddenly you're paying what nine hundred thousand rather than two million for your ot3 um could be three four million so that saving then allows you to go spend that extra money somewhere else on two stud guards absolutely um as we wrap things up
0: jack go ahead and plug the article and plug where people can find you on twitter
1: yeah so the articles are on the dogland.com and by all means guys please let me know if you've got feedback um some different ideas we've been sort of brainstorming having some ideas on ways we could change it up next year and uh make it a bit more uh reader friendly some different, more exciting styles. We're talking about the bigger pictures we we get on the podcast. Then uh, jump into the DMs. So it's at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N on Twitter. And uh, let me know. And you guys can follow me on
0: Twitter at JackMcCurry08. You can check out the Dogland at thedogland.com and also follow us on Twitter at the Dogland. And until next time, Browns fans, as always, go Browns. Go Browns.
1: Leftovers.
0: Or... Jumba. The DMV, Number 97. or J-j-j-j-jumba. house cleaning, or
1: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. website for details.